and welcome to the Seeing Deep podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. As you know, on this podcast, we discuss going deeper in our relationship with the Lord. There's a special relationship on this earth that many of us will have that can either be a help or a hindrance to our walk with God. And I'm speaking about marriage. How we relate to our spouse greatly impacts our relationship with God. And when we are closer with our spouse, it can help us to be closer to God as well. There's a mystery in the marital relationship, symbolic of the relationship Christ has with the church, where we can reflect God to the world by how we relate to one another. I think this is perhaps one of the reasons why marriage is under such attack. So this month, we're talking about reigniting intimacy in our marriage. And so I thought I'd bring a special guest to help me out on this topic all month long. My precious husband, Clay Pass. Yay! <laughs> Welcome, I love him, sweetheart. <laughs> we had some preparation before this. We were smooching before, so... <laughs> there you go. Fine example. <laughs> Well, we've not arrived, as nobody has on this earth, but God has shown us how much the principles we're discussing this month can bless our union in Christ. So the scripture for this episode is taken from Philippians uh, 2, 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. We're starting this month-long discussion on intimacy and marriage with humility because this is one of the most significant contributors to a closer marriage. Paul exhorts husbands to lay down their lives for their wife in Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. The goal of this sacrificial posture is holiness, produced from a heart that truly loves his wife. You know, you don't hear about that a lot today, that holiness is the goal of marriage. There's an emphasis on, I want that person to please me. You know, they're going to make me happy but and there is happiness there's joy in a godly marriage but there is this goal a higher goal of my wonderful husband here washing me with the water of the word he seeks to help me be more like Christ so when i come and i got a bad attitude or something he's able to speak truth into my life and and vice versa you know we help each other be aware of our blind spots And the goal of marriage is that we would be sanctified as husband and wife partner together. They love one another enough to speak truth into one another's lives. Yes, this even means the wife, who the Bible says she has faithful instruction on her tongue. In Proverbs 31, verse 26, it says she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. You know, pride kills love. And I think pride is one of the big issues in marriage because of being offended. You know, we can easily think, oh, I can't believe this person didn't do this for me or the way they said this. Pride kills love and pride kills intimacy. 
Well, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been thankful for the wise counsel that my wife has brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I look forward to what she has to say on any given topic. But I think, uh, and we talked about this recently at Father's Day, the children were asking, you know, what words of wisdom I might share with them. And uh, I think the one thing that I brought up then was that, you know, when they prepare to be married, they have to set their mind on the fact that they're called to be servants Mm -hmm. in that marriage relationship. And uh, I think that's so often forgotten. And, uh, you know, there's uh, verses that we'll talk about uh, that describe how first we're called to honor and serve God. And as Christians, you know, that's really the essence of being a Christian is you lay down what your selfish desire wants, and you pick up what uh, God wants instead. And so in those verses that we read, this is held up as a model for marriages, that we first lay down what we want Mm -hmm. and pick up, you know, instead focus on what honors God and what honors our wife, what honors our marriage instead. So first, first piece of advice and humility is we're called Mm. to be servants. Amen. So looking again at the scripture for this episode, from Philippians uh, 2, verse 3, we're going to talk about how we apply this to our lives. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So that kind of wraps up what I was talking about. Mm. Be a servant. I think the thing that inhibits that a lot of times is we want what we want. So when you talk about laying something down, laying down our way, that requires trusting and and not, you know, we think we're going to be more gratified by getting what we want, but actually more gratification comes from yielding and saying, I prefer you over me. But it's hard to lay down our agendas, I think, sometimes. Right. And in today's culture, you hear all about being true to yourself. And, mm. and uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, people search for a marriage partner that's going to, you know, um, serve their own selfish ambition mm. in life. Mm. And that's really not what marriage is all about. No. I mean, and it's more really us seeking to help the other one become more like Christ. And so how do we find this humility we're supposed to have? Philippians 2 verse 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Christ humbled himself, King of kings, and yet he came to lay down his life for us. So we're going to see how this plays out in our life. We're going to look at some different areas where humility has been a blessing and a help uh, to us. Well, the first principle is uh, humility and communication. And that's, you know, just in, in uh, simple terms, being considerate as mm-hmm. you live with your wife. In First Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 7, it, it says, uh, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with the respect as a weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So that's a powerful Mm. scripture. And, you know, the the way uh, that, you know, that brings to mind to me is that, you know, our wives and other verses are described as precious treasures 
And I think of it as, you know, fine china, fragile in uh, counseling other couples that they want to treat each other like that relationship is a is a fragile piece of china that could be easily broken and shattered. And so you're always mindful of that in your communication that you want to carry that conversation gently with respect and uh, ever mindful that, you know, words matter and mm-hmm. that uh, they can be used either to build each other up or tear things apart. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I know one thing you used to <laughs> tell the kids that because I would couch almost every sentence with, but I love you. <laughs> I would always try to share the love that I have, you know, with a message when it was a hard message, you know, um, and, and that's not, and it wasn't a manipulative thing at all. It was just, I really was trying to communicate something that was hard, but still share that unconditional love with it. Right. And, and I think the opposite of that is that Denise and I, you know, uh, agreed and shared early on in our relationship that uh, cursing was not going to be part of our communication. And again, you know, I've often told the children, you know, as they're looking at potential partners in dating, if someone's involved in casual cursing in their everyday conversation, then you, in most likelihood, that's also going to crop up in times of anger. And so the worst thing that you can possibly imagine is that, you know, cursing would be used in anger at your spouse or at your wife. And that's, you know, harms a relationship. It's very degrading. Plus, you know, it's contrary to the Word of God. So, you know, I would, the strongest piece of advice I would give couples today is to, you know, uh, forbid cursing from entering into their marriage covenant. Yes. And make that decision early on. Yeah, and neither Clay or I were cursors anyway, praise the Lord. But there is this choice that you make in how you communicate. What? How are you going to be respectful? You know, that was one of the things in the verse we read. And so I want to respect my husband too. You know, I want to build him up. And so words can tear down and words can be used against people or for them. And so in my communication, I don't want to seek to tear down my incredible husband. And sometimes I, I think in marriage, we can get so familiar with each other that we can mistreat one another. We could take one another for granted, but what a precious gift your spouse is to you. And they're the co-heir of life with you. And so uh, how should we communicate to someone that is that significant to us? Right. It it's just becomes very degrading. And, uh, you know, you just don't want to reach for those kind of words in the heat of an argument or discussion. So. Yeah. Well, you know, and what precipitates before that communication is our thought life. And so humility in our thought life, being thoughtful, not harboring resentment, believing the best. These are some guiding principles. Ephesians 4, 2 says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. So some of these principles we share, you might say, oh, sure, in a Pollyanna world, we can do all these things. In Christ, we can do all these things. His grace is enough. 
But sometimes we don't reach for that grace. It's easier just to vent, get angry, or yell sometimes. But no, in our thought life is where it starts. You know, I can seek and pray and ask God, Lord, help me. Like if I have a negative thought about my husband, I need to deal with it right there before it makes it to my lips. Yeah, and I, I would say that the key phrase in that in, uh, in this passage right here, I guess, is believing the best. And, uh, you know, so oftentimes we need to remind ourselves that we really, and like I said before, appreciate the wisdom that my wife brings to the table in counsel. But then there, you know, in the heat of a moment, you know, you forget all of that. And you just need to remind yourself you know, believing the best in your spouse means that you value their wisdom. They're smart people, and you married them exactly for that reason. So, you know, keep reminding yourself of that. You're a smarty too. That uh, <laughs> when you don't know exactly what's going on, you can, you know, presume. First presumption yeah. is that they're smart people. They know what they're doing. They love Jesus. They're made in His image. You know, they're not perfect. I think that's the thing, too, is we base our judgment on perfection and what people are doing for us instead of looking at them through the eyes of Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked earlier about humility and communication, and part of that involves conflict. So how do we walk out humility and conflict? There's a passage in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32, that says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So this tells us how to deal with offense. And, and the first thing we need to realize is that we should lay down being right. Mm. It's not about winning the battle. It's about taking care of that precious treasure, like I mentioned earlier, and making sure that, that it's not marred, scratched, or broken by the conflict that you're in. Mm-hmm. So you've got to love that relationship more than the outcome of an argument and uh, love your partner more than your own pride. Yes. And we, I will tell you, you know, we have, we've had our conflict just like every marriage has, and we've learned from it. See, I don't remember any of that. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. I remember one time I'll put myself on the spot when uh, I was really getting sick. And because I've had pneumonia six times, it was one of those things of, oh no, you know, this, this could be really serious. And I really wanted Clay to make some soup for me. And we picked up uh, he went in and just got a can of cream of chicken soup. <laughs> and My <I> got, favorite. <laughs> but, you know, cream and milk products are not good. And I just was so hurt by that. What did I get? I got offended. And that word offended is huge, y'all. If you choose an offense over your spouse, you know, that is wrong. And, and it doesn't mean that Clay couldn't have done something better there, but how I respond matters. And there's ways to talk to one another. And I think being teachable is so huge too. Like if that person, we married them for a reason, we, we value them. We think pretty highly of them. 
So in a conflict situation, I'm not going to want to yell at my spouse. I'm not going to want to just be harsh with them. I'm going to want to understand, okay, hey, can we work through this conflict? You know, I'm feeling offended because of this, but I want to lay that down. I mean, wouldn't that be beautiful if people started doing that? Right. And and I kind of kiddingly said before, you know, that I don't remember these conflicts, but that is one of the keys is once you've discussed and resolved uh, a conflict that you don't pick it up again next month and you don't dwell on it. And uh, honestly, you know, some of the things that, you know, people argue about are so trivial, they should be forgotten. So, you know, the next month you'd say, Honestly, I don't remember. You know, <laughs> you learn you learn from that. Yeah. But you don't carry it in bitterness, you know, to bring up again as a weapon. So mm. Well, another one is humility and preference, not getting our way, which is a hard one, too. Uh, So part of the scripture of the day, but continuing on with it, uh, where it says in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. But then verse 4, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And so when I make a request of clay, like even last night, um, there's we've had a washing machine and a dryer that have been limping along probably our whole marriage, <laughs> pretty close to it. <laughs> and so that's about 10 years now. And, you know, I, I'm just one of those people, and I think Clay would test this, I'm not asking for new things all the time, but it's one of those things... Uh, are you going to be silent on that? <laughs> I'm going to be offended. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I said to him last night, I said, honey, uh, if we have potentially the sell of our house soon, would it be possible that we could buy a new washer and dryer? And could I pick it out? And usually, y'all, we buy used stuff a lot of the times. But, you know, I'm like, this is one thing I would like to buy new. And he was quiet. And I have to tell you, sometimes in our conversations, he says, nope, not happening. And I'm like, what? But we've learned to have a banter with that. Like, you've got to be able to, both people have to be able to have their voice and speak to it. But part of uh, preference is I I have to think about what is Clay thinking, because he's managing everything, all of our household. And so I know it's not a good time to ask for a washer and dryer during tax season, you know, or other times. But I'm like, well, can we consider this now? You know. And again, you know, you know, it's not always an easy thing, but my thought process, just to be transparent and honest, <laughs> is that, yes, I did agree that she, you know, materially has invested in this marriage and in the work that was done on the house and and so I do want to honor that. And at the same time, I, you know, I don't want to be hasty and rash either. Count our chickens for the hatch. We're, with God's <laughs> will, we're yeah. going to go to closing on this house, you know, today or tomorrow. And we pay our taxes and settle our account. And, you know, and I want to honor that request to the best of my ability because I value you know, her contributions and uh, everything that we do. Mm-hmm. She's my right hand. Aww. So I couldn't live without her. I couldn't live without you either, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I love you onward. Let's get back here. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a 10-minute break? <laughs> 
So the next uh, uh, topic that we're going to discuss is humility and correction. And so, again, you know, this ought to be done with gentleness, Mm -hmm. compassion, and lifting the other person up is more important than ourselves. But Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 12 addresses this well. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So that describes how we ought to, you know, talk to our spouses. And, you know, you do a good job of this, hon. When, when my mindset is not in a good place, you know, you women listen, know when maybe something has hurt you, um, uh, and it could be a relationship with a friend or something where someone says something or you feel shunned or you feel, you know, we can talk to our husbands about that. And, and Clay is so good to, in humility, say, well, you know, Denise, you know, you don't know another person's heart or, you know, to point me back to God's word and to how Christ, you know, would resolve it. Do you have anything you want to say about that? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> have I corrected you lately, dear? <laughs> All right. So another thing is humility removes the focus from self. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. So right now, y'all, in your marriage, you know, and maybe listen to this podcast together as husband and wife. Uh, If you've been resentful, irritable, you know, raising your voice to the other, ask God to help you because that verse we just read says that we should clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So the fact that it says we have to clothe ourselves means that that's not something natural. Okay, so I'll throw you that bone. It's not easy. But we can do all things through Christ. You need to confess your sin, repent, turn from it, ask God to help you to be patient, to remember who it is you're talking to, the love of your life. So how we treat one another matters. Humility leads to forgiveness and restoration. And when we walk in humility in our relationships, we reflect Christ. Do you have any other thoughts, son? Well, I I can't help but summarize again with this. In in our modern culture, you see relationships being formed that are not God-honoring. And uh, so then, you know, they've broken that first example of how to relate to God and, and how to relate to one another in their marriages. And so, you know, I can't help but think that those marriages that are formed outside of, you know, God's provision and God's will are not going to be, you know, by uh, probably a large chance successful because, you know, they're not laying down their self-interest mm-hmm. for the sake of the cause of Christ. And then likewise, you know, they're probably not going to lay down their self-interest for the sake of their spouse either. Mm, so good. Well, y'all, this month we're going to be hitting on subjects. Both Clay and I have walked through the pain of divorce, and we've walked through a lot of challenges as we've raised six kids. And we're going to discuss some of the ways, things like raising six children between us, how we dealt with certain things, because there's a lot of elements in our lives that can pull at our marriage. And so having a strong marriage is key, is central. It's the most important thing we can do for our kids. You've been listening to the Scene Deep Podcast, where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. (laughs) 